0: Hello! Welcome to The Bible Never Said That. I am your host, Shara Donahue, and today we are wrapping up our first Half Truth series, where we have focused on sayings that the Bible might say, but that are often used in a way the Bible wouldn't support. Our finale for this series is the saying, The more you give, the more you get. your Bible, you know the Bible says you reap what you sow. So you may be concerned about where I am going with this. We will cover those scriptures, but the reason I believed it was important for us to discuss this saying is so that we can rightly discern between true anchored hope and false hope. Yes, the Bible teaches us that we will reap what we sow or get from what we give. But it doesn't stop there. We give to get so we can give again. Sadly, too many people have fallen for twisted and distorted false hope that if they give away all their money to someone who claims to represent God, that it guarantees their finances will be multiplied and they will be rich. This is a different gospel. Yes, God does admire a heart that gives them faith and is willing to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. But he sees straight to the heart, and that matters most. Jesus clearly highlights the beauty of a widow's generosity in the story from Luke 21, 1-4. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you this, poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Obviously, the widow gave more, though it was less. And those who preach, give so that you can get, are motivating the flesh and the common idols of power, comfort, and security. Much of humanity is orbiting around. We should give. Absolutely, we are called to be generous. But when we give, we need to check our heart. Are we given to be seen by others? Are we giving in a self-serving way so we can get? Or are we giving as an act of sacrificial worship in faith to our King? There is a huge difference between these motivations, and it always shocks me how easily we try to manipulate God. Let's get this clear. We cannot manipulate God into blessing us. He does what he wills and his blessings are a grace, but we all have been there or tried it at some time in some form. Yes, pray, give, and love. But who do we think we are, really, that we can manipulate God? It's ridiculous when we state it clearly and a clear indicator that our heart needs some correction. Kosti Hinn was once part of a ministry built on the ideas of health and wealth until he started to see clearly that something was missing. Kosti says of his time in a prosperity gospel ministry that "...our lifestyle was lavish, our loyalty was enforced," and our version of the gospel was big business. Though Jesus Christ was still a part of our gospel, he was more of a magic genie than the king of kings. Rubbing him the right way by giving money and having enough faith would unlock your spiritual inheritance. God's goal was not his glory, but our gain. His grace was not to set us free from sin, but to make us rich. What is absolutely heartbreaking to me about this, beyond the damage that it does to countless souls that God loves who are drawn to this false teaching, is that anyone who falls for it doesn't get to see God for who he truly is. And seeing God properly is one of the most glorious riches bestowed upon those who love him. The prosperity gospel is a different gospel than the one Jesus commands us to share. It is not a gospel at all. Because it is not good news. It propagates a worldly dynamic. We need not entertain materialistic salvation, and earthly health and wealth are not guaranteed to the believer. Remember, in Philippians four twelve thirteen 13, when Paul says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We don't always live in health and abundance, but we are strengthened in the circumstances of life. To believe otherwise means we just forget the whole book of Job or 1 Corinthians 4 or the rest of Paul's letters, for that matter, that encourage believers to contribute out of wealth to those who are living in poverty and to remain faithful through persecution. So let's take a minute and let's look carefully at 2 Corinthians 9 6 through 11, which is often used by those who preach that health and wealth are always the will of God for believers. The scriptures say The point is this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever." He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Sam Storms offers great wisdom about this passage in his article Did Paul Teach the Prosperity Gospel?, I'll link to it in the notes, but he wisely teaches the point is that God won't stir your heart to give and then fail to supply you with resources to do so. But the idea that we should give so God will enrich us personally with a view to increasing our comfort, convenience, and purchasing power is foreign to Paul's teaching. He views personal wealth, not as an end in in itself but as a means to a yet higher goal, continue generosity to those in need. If you give generously now, you'll discover God not only sustains your desire to give, but also increases your resources for yet more joyful and glorious giving down the road. So no, Paul was not an advocate of the contemporary prosperity gospel. And I will add, seriously question anyone who tells you he was. Because believing the lie will weaken your faith when the circumstances of life press in. A few years back, I spent some time in Jacmel, Haiti, and I met a man there who had been asked to do some things that he felt went against his faith at the place where he lived. He denied the requests and was expelled from his dwelling. When he faced his unknown future, he told me that he reminded himself that he served a rich God who could take care of him as he needed. This man understood God as provider in a way many of us will never be forced to. As events unfolded, he was provided for, and eventually he found a great job that is helping to further the kingdom of God. It wasn't the prosperity gospel that had changed this man's heart. It was knowing Jesus intimately. He knew God and he sought him out. It wasn't a promise that you'll be rich. It was the promise that he was known, that he was cared for, that he was a son of God, that in his trial, God would be with him. If he had believed otherwise, his faith would not have withstood this trial. When I now feel stress in this area of provision, I often recall the look of determined faith in that man's eyes as he recounted what God had done. His story of God's faithfulness was a blessing to him. And then it was a blessing to me. Yes, we are blessed as children of God. In scripture, we see that many are blessed to be a blessing. Let's look at Genesis 12, 2. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And again, in Zechariah 8.13, And as you have been a byword of cursing among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Fear not, and let your hands be strong. If you are given much, much will be expected of you. Jesus straight up said, Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. In Luke 12, 48. So now that we've covered give to get so that we can give again and that we are blessed to be a blessing, not to acquire the treasures of the world, but to help others know the treasure of Christ. Let's not lose sight of the fact that these verses don't always mean blessed with a great job and overflowing income and that we can be generous with resources beyond money. Paul said in Acts 20, 35, in all things i have shown you that by working hard in this way you must help the weak and remember the words of the lord jesus how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive now this quote from jesus is rare because it was most likely something passed down by the disciples because we can't find it in the gospels this is called an agrapha but paul is telling us It is more blessed to give than to receive, are the words of Jesus. Jesus was generous without a salary, so whatever excuses we try to come up with to not be generous are pretty much null and void. When Jesus walked the earth with his disciples, he showed generosity is a godly characteristic to be aimed for by all, not just designated to the rich and privileged, so yes, we need to be sacrificially generous with our resources and mirror the early church in Acts 2 that gave to those in need with generous hearts. But in a time such as this, we need to remember to be generous in the other ways Jesus was generous as well. The pandemic sent us into our homes and six feet away from others. And so as we wrap up today's episode, I felt it was important to put the reminder out there that as we are adjusting to emerging from the chaos of the last couple years, we need to follow Jesus's example of being generous in listening to others to hear what is behind words and actions. In seeking to understand the hearts of others, we become generous in the attention we are willing to give. When Jesus moved through the crowds and a desperate woman reached for his robe, he stopped to bless her. When his disciples told the children to run along, he let them come. When he was being tortured on the cross, he asked God to forgive those inflicting the torture. Jesus saw to the hearts of people, and so must we. He did not ignore need when it presented itself, but he acknowledged and addressed needs as he went. In our current culture, people are tempted to hide in their comforts, numb themselves with entertainment, and retreat to their phones when the ever-pressing needs of the world seem too hard to handle. And I get it, I get it, I get it. I want to do it at times as well. Yet... If we look up and intentionally recognize the value of other, we offer the gift of presence. It is here we will find the blessing of being reminded that the world does not revolve around our desires and fears, that we were created for community. We soak in the scriptures. We see how Jesus wove generosity throughout his life and actions and promises to continue forevermore. Because we are made clean by Jesus and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we get to be those whose lives beg others to come. As we see in Revelations twenty-two seventeen, 17, the Spirit and the Bride, that's us, say, come And let the one who hears, those we get to share Christ with, say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, we see them every day, come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Never forget the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins is a free gift to us that came at a great cost to Jesus. It is a gift that does not run out, but is available to all. We will come to know Jesus more as we share him with others. And from that gift of his presence, we will only want to give, to get, to give again. Will you pray with me? Jesus, in a world... Driven by power and economy, keep our eyes on your kingdom that has the ultimate power and limitless resources. Help us not be persuaded by false teachings that lead to disappointment, but to have a firm foundation of faith based on the truth the Bible teaches. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Help us to see how you are asking us to give to your kingdom and empower us to be willing to sacrifice to see your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me. The verses and articles I use to help develop this podcast can be found in the show notes at lifeaudio.com slash podcast or on iTunes. And we'd love if you would rate and review this podcast so others can find us. Until next time, may you seek the abundant life Jesus died to give and live in the truth that sets people free.